Thanks for tuning in to the Renew Life Church Lubbock podcast today. We hope this message encourages you as you allow God's word and his presence to change your life. I just need some prayer this morning. Anybody else get their, um, their Sunday morning updates about their screen time? And you just, so it's just like, it's like Apple's like, you know what? If all days we're going to condemn them, let's choose Sunday. Mine was up like five hours this week, a day or something. But y'all, y'all look at me all judgy like that. Look at what y'all just did. But I was, I was using my GPS. I was using my maps, all right, going to youth camp and back. So it's just, it's not true. And I stand under the blood of Jesus today because there's no condemnation for those who look at their phone too much. Is that the scripture? I think that's the scripture, right? Romans 8, 1, somewhere around there. Hey, I'm glad that you're here today. And I'm excited to get to share, share the message. I would introduce myself, but someone gave me a cool name tag up there. Thanks for that. Awesome. That's me. Um, I want to honor uh, our volunteer of the month just to start off with something that we've been doing. Um, can you guys give it up for Miss Callie Walker? You're about to see her right there. Can you all give her a big hand clap? <clears throat> I, don't, I don't see her here this morning. She'll probably be here second service. So Callie um, has been a... A staple on our coffee team. Um, so she she gets up. How many kids does she have? She has two kiddos. She gets them up and gets here early, early morning, around seven, seven thirty, um, so that you guys can have coffee when you walk in here at the nine a.m. and eleven a.m. service. And um, she has just been uh, honestly someone we can count on. Amazing. Um, how many of you know it's not easy to get up early? How many of you know it's not easy to get your kids up with you early? And they need like a special, they, they get like a special mansion in heaven. You know what I'm saying? Um, so she's just been, been amazing. If you, if you see her around, um, would you just give her a hug and a high, a high five and tell her thank you? Because um, we just want to honor her, uh, th- especially this month. She's been amazing. Awesome. Well, let's jump into the, to the message today. And um, if you have your Bible, open up to Matthew chapter 4. It's going to take me a little bit to get there. I'm sorry, um, verse... Uh, Chapter three, we're gonna be in three and four today. Um, I'm gonna get there here, here in just a moment. Um, <clears throat> before I do that, I wanted to give a prophetic word to a guy, my um, man in the pink shirt. I can't remember your name, um, but I saw you this morning, and I felt like the Lord said that you're stepping into a new season, and uh, I, I feel like it's very, very soon. Um, if if you haven't already, almost like it's almost like you've stepped in. And like when you take a step and you start on your heel and then you get on your toes, it's like you're already on your heel stepping into the new season. And, um, and then the Lord, Lord kind of sh- shared with me a little bit more. Um, he kind of used uh, Lubbock for an example. Um, anybody, anybody know where the spring went? Was there a spring at all here in Lubbock? Or did it just go from cold to 116 degrees? It was just like we were in one extreme, and then we just started in another. And I felt like the Lord said that um, this new season, it will be like that. It will, it will, I'm actually believing for you that it will feel as extreme as that. That it's like you were one in one place, and all of a sudden, it's like, oh, this is it. This is the new season. Um, so I see you very powerful in this next season. I see you very joyful in this next season. I also see you um, very rest, very, very restful too. Like um, e- the word is easy. I believe the things will become easy for you. 
and, um, and life will begin to have this flow about it um, and, and ease about it because uh, his grace is going to be all over it. Amen. Can we just give God, God a big hand clap for that word? Yeah. Awesome. <clears throat> well, um, last week we started talking about the Holy Spirit and we started talking. Uh, I just kind of shared a couple of stories with you of my experiences with him and, um, and just kind of the way he's led me, how he, how he leads us and guides us, but also um, one of the things that he does is he leads us into encounters. And uh, I took that message and kind of built upon that and went up to youth camp in Glorietta on Monday. And as Blake has kind of already shared, things just really took off um, and kids got radically touched by the Holy Spirit and by his presence. Um, I'm talking about like Acts 2 type stuff. Uh, it, it was just so, it's so amazing to see when the Lord touches young people because uh, they, don't, they don't have any, they have no framework for the way they're supposed to act in the presence of God. Um, <clears throat> I even laugh about this. Uh, uh, <laughs> I talked to one of the girls afterwards and because um, I, I preached on the baptism of the Holy Spirit and I actually talked about how one of the manifestations and the evidence of the Holy Spirit is speaking in tongues. And um, it was just like, just like a kid. She came up and she was like, I was, I was speaking in tongues. And she's like, what was it again? And she tried to like repeat it. And she's like, hold on a second. And she went over to her friend. She's like, what was I saying again? And she came back and she, she tried to like tell me how she was speaking in tongues. And I, I just thought that was so cool because, you know, we as, we as adults and we as grown people, we would be like, oh, well, then that didn't really happen. Or, you know, you, you, if you had it, if you got it, you still have it. And you, we'd start to... Th- get real into deep into the theology of, of what, what happens, how the Holy Spirit manifests. And um, let me just say this. I'm saying this to myself. Who do we think we are? Like, who do we think we are to, to, put a, to just, just kind of put the Holy Spirit in a box? He, he, it was unbelievable the way that he moved. And it was unbelievable the way that the students responded. And then it was unbelievable the way they tried to describe what he did. I'm reminded in Acts chapter 2 when the Holy Spirit fell upon the upper room that day. You, do you remember how people on the outside looking in tried to describe it? They go, it's 9 o'clock and these guys have already been drinking. That was their explanation. I'm not sure. You've probably never been drunk before. You've probably never even seen a drunk person because y'all are so holy in here. But I just want to point out the fact that they don't act normal. You can tell. Anybody ever been able to tell when someone's been drinking? <clears throat> and to hear, <laughs> so don't look, don't look at your neighbor right now. I saw a lot of you look and be like, I've seen you and you in drinking. <laughs> I've seen what you act like. <clears throat> but it was, it was just amazing. You could, my point is that you could tell that they had been touched by the presence of God. You could tell that they had been touched by the Holy Spirit. And, um, and so today, I, honestly, for most of the week, I've been stirred up, and I want to, I want to keep stirring the pot. I feel like as a church um, that we're, we're, we are to continue stirring the pot, um, to stir, that we, we continue stirring up our faith in the Holy Ghost, that we, we, we continue to talk about him and, and point our focus and our direction towards him. I've, I've discovered this over the last couple of weeks of just turning my attention to him um, it seems the more that I turn my attention to him, the more that I hear him. 
The more that I, be, I, I begin to talk about him and point to him, it's, it's the, more that, the more that the gifts of the Spirit, 1 Corinthians 12, the gifts of the Spirit have started to manifest in my life and manifest through me. Why? Why, why, why do I believe that's happening? Because I, I believe that there's something about putting our focus and our faith into something. Uh, anybody ever, you know, I don't know if you ever thought about this before. I've preached on this a couple of times, but... Um, you know, there's a lot to learn in our, in our Bible, right? There, there's a lot of truth in there. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of messages we can preach. There's a lot of things to focus on. It's, very, it's actually impossible for us to focus on everything all at once. Anybody ever dealt with that tension? It's like, well, we were just talking about this, and now we're talking about this. And like, is this still important, God? Or yeah, yeah, it's still important, but God operates in seasons, doesn't he? Come on, somebody. He, he operates in seasons. He highlights certain things in certain times that will bless our life. And I feel like who he is highlighting right now, not what he is highlighting, but who he is highlighting is the person of the Holy Spirit. And I want to encourage you that the more you begin to read about him, talk about him, think about him, focus on him, the more he will begin to direct your life, the more you will begin to hear him, and the more the, the spiritual gifts will begin to be produced in your life, the more that his fruit, the fruits of the Spirit, will actually begin to come out of you. <clears throat> I love this about the Holy Spirit. Um, one, one thing I've learned over the last couple of weeks, and I've, I've always known this, but it's like the Lord highlighting certain things to really speak to us in, in certain times. Um, just even remembering that he is a person. That the Holy Spirit is a person. Look at your neighbor and say, he's a person. <laughs> it's the person of the Holy Spirit. He is not a thing. He is not a manifestation he is not the chill bumps that you get in a service, although that may be a, a way that you feel him, but he is so much more than that. He's actually a person. He's someone who's coming alongside you and guiding you and talking to you and ministering to you. Amen? He is a person. Last week, I encouraged you, I encouraged you to do these two things. Um, number one, lean into the Holy Spirit. Number one, lean into the Holy Spirit. But number two, I wanted you to begin to make this declaration. He, the Holy Spirit, is always available. Number one, that we begin to lean into the Holy Spirit. I want to leave you with those two things again today. Continue to do this. Lean into the Holy Spirit. But also, I want you to start actually declaring out of your mouth, He is always available. Why do I want you to declare that? Because a lot of times we, thi we, we think our sin makes Him unavailable. A lot of times our feelings tell us he's not there. He's far away. He's not speaking. I can't hear him. I must have done something wrong. Just by, let's have a little testimony service today. Anybody ever thought any of those thoughts? Yeah. <clears throat> so I need you, I need me, we need to be declaring he's always available. What are we saying? The blood of Jesus is enough. He's always available to me wherever I need him. Whenever I need a direction, whenever I need a word, he is always available. So I want to encourage you if, you, if you happen to do those two things this week, you receive an extra room in your mansion in heaven. Do you know that? I asked God, he said it was true. He also said if you didn't happen to follow the pastor's teaching and do those two things, 
And then he just stopped and just left it there. So I'll let you figure that one out. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Kind of. Matthew chapter 3. All right, open your Bible to Matthew chapter 3. We're going to start in verse 13. And I want to read to you the story of Jesus being baptized. And then... um, and then take you into the story of him being led into the wilderness, which I'm sure many of you are familiar with. So Matthew chapter 3, verse 13. We'll start here and read. It says, Then Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. But John tried to talk him out of it. I'm the one who needs to be baptized by you, he said. So why are you coming to me? But Jesus said, It should be done, for we must carry out all that God requires. So John agreed to baptize him. After his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my dearly loved Son who brings me great joy. Just a side note here, if you ever have anyone ask you about the Trinity, where is the Trinity in Scripture? How do we know there are three persons of the Trinity? This is a great Scripture to bring them to. You can see all three parts right here. You see Jesus in the flesh being baptized. You see the Holy Spirit descending like a dove. And you hear God speaking from heaven out loud to Jesus. All three in one, all in one story. Amen. Then Jesus, verse 4, that's where I want to focus today. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit. Come on, say led by the Spirit. He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights, he fasted and became very hungry. During that time, the devil came and said to him, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone. If you're you're going to underline something today in your Bible, this would be a good one. People don't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. We're going to come back to this in a moment. But by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple and said, If you're the son of God, jump off, for the scriptures say he will order his angels to protect you. And they'll hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Jesus responded, the scriptures also say, you must not test the Lord your God. Next, the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their glory. And Satan said to him, I'll give it all to you if you will kneel down and worship me. Get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him, for the scriptures say you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil went away and the angels came and took care of Jesus. All right, today I want to title the message, Holy Spirit, I need a word. Come on, can you say that? Say, Holy Spirit, I need a word. Would you pray with me? Jesus, we welcome you into this place. Um, Holy Spirit, we welcome you to lead us and to guide us into all, all truth. We open up our hearts to you today. We need a word today. We need a fresh outpouring today. We need a fresh baptism of your your spirit, your presence today. So we just thank you for what you want to do. We we follow you today in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Amen. Um, I I, I just want to ask you, you, right now as you sit in your chair, do you have a word from God over your current life? Right now, do you have a word? Now, 
the, the tendency of every believer, every Christian who's been coming to church for some time is when, I, when, when someone like, like me gets up and, and asks you, do you have a word over your life, you immediately go to your destiny and your calling. What am I made to do? What's the purpose of, of my life? Do I have a word over my life? No, pastor, I don't. I'm still trying to figure out how to be an adult. Still trying to figure out how this whole thing actually works. But what I've come to discover is that we get multiple words over our life at multiple times, just even in a week or in a year, a month. The way that God seems to work, the way that the Holy Spirit seems to direct is he will give us a word for a day and he'll give you a different word the next day. Sometimes he comes and gives us a word for a season, for a, for a month, for a couple of weeks. I want to ask you today, though, like, do you find yourself in a place where you feel like you have a word from God? Is he directing you in a scripture? Is he highlighting a, a, a certain, um, maybe a certain men's group that you should join? Or, or is he highlighting uh, the, the fact that he wants you to, to start getting up and and getting up early and spending 30 minutes with him before you go to work. Is he, what is the Holy Spirit actually saying? Because I would argue to you today that whatever he's saying and wherever he is leading, it actually is the word over your life right now. I had this, uh, I guess, revelation a long time ago when I first started out in ministry. I realized that my, dest my, my destiny, my, my calling, it will actually take care of itself if I'll just follow the Lord daily. Come on, I got anybody in here today? See, if, if, let me ask you this. If you followed Jesus every single day and you did exactly what the Holy Spirit led you to do day by day by day, would you get to the place that you're supposed to be? 100%. So many times we just get so caught up in, man, and, and, I, and I, I will say this. I'm kind of speaking from ministry world in my examples today. But a lot, of, a lot of ministry people, we get caught up in what we are called. What's our purpose? What are we made? Actually, everyone does this. What are we made to do? Am I made to sit at this desk and work at this bank? Am I really made to, to do sales? Am I really made? <laughs> Am I really called to children's ministry? I mean, come on, Lord, children's ministry? Lord, you, don't, you know I don't even like kids. Come on, Lord. I run into so many people who are so caught up in the big thing. But it doesn't actually have to be the big thing. In fact, I would argue that 99% of your life will not be about the big thing. It'll about, be about the daily thing. It'll be about the monthly thing, the weekly thing, the day-to-day. -day. What is he telling you to do? Did he say go pray for him? Go pray for him. Did he say to take a Sabbath? Take a Sabbath. Did he say take a vacation? Take a vacation. Did he say to clean up your mouth? Clean up your mouth. Did he say? What did he say? It's, it becomes the, the, the word the word over your life. The, the reason I ask you to go internal today and to actually um, ask this question, do I have a word over my life, is because of how valuable I actually believe that it is. How valuable I have seen in my own life. How valuable it is to have a word. To know what God is, is actually doing in my life. To know what he is actually saying. 
Gosh, I would argue to you today that, that I'm arguing with you a lot today, by the way. I would argue with you today that, that a word, hearing the voice of God, is probably the most important thing you can learn to do in the Christian life. It's important that we learn to know what he's saying. I even encourage you with this. Sometimes the word is not a word at all, but it's a feeling. It is a, it is a prompting. It is, a, it is just a, I, man, I just feel like so many, so many, I just feel like I'm supposed to. That's him. That's him. It hasn't happened to me yet where he broke through like the day of baptism and said, this is my dearly loved son, Keith, in whom I'm well pleased. I haven't heard it out loud yet. I know it's true. But most of the time I get up, I get up. Yeah, you know what? Go speak at youth camp. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I want you to, yeah, invite that person over. Yeah, go to lunch with, and it's just a, it's just a nudge. It's a direction. It's, it's a word. Come on, say, I need a word. It's a word from him. A word over my life. <clears throat> I think this is something that all of us have done, you know, subconsciously. But today, the reason I'm bringing this up is because I actually want us to realize consciously and, and I actually want us to start going after this purposefully and intentionally. That if we don't have a word over our life, we go and get one. That we actually go and get a word. I'm going to show you how to do that today. I'm going to talk around that idea today. But I actually believe that Jesus taught us that we're called to live by a word, by a word. In arguably one of the toughest seasons in the life of Jesus, he taught this idea of living by a word. Matthew chapter 4, we just read it in verse 4. Here, here the enemy has just come to Jesus. Can I teach for, for a little bit? He's, Jesus, the enemy comes to Jesus and says, I see you've been fasting for a long time. How about you turn these stones into loaves of bread? And here is the response of Jesus. In verse 4, he says, no, uh, but Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say, people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Now, when you do a little bit of, of study into this scripture, that, that word, the word, word, you follow me? The word, word, actually, the, defin, the, the, the Greek is rhema. Rhema. Um, if, if, you, if you've heard this definition before, the word rhema actually means the spoken word of God. The word actually means utterance. It is an out loud, it is the, it is the spoken word of God. Now, if you, if you do some study about the word the word, word in, in Scripture and what Scripture actually means, you find that there's actually two different definitions. There's rhema and logos. Rhema is the spoken word. Logos is the written word. Now, here's what I don't have to preach about in West Texas in the Bible Belt in the Panhandle. I don't have to, I don't have to teach you how important the written word is. Many of us grew up believing it was God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Bible. By the way, it's not. <laughs> it's the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> just, just needed to make sure everyone got that. <clears throat> but the Word, I tell you what the, what the Word is, the Word is Jesus. 
the word is extremely important. You did not get, you, you did not um, get mistreated by learning how important the word of God is. It's the foundation of everything that we do. It's the foundation of everything I'm about to talk to you about today. It's the foundation of actually being led by the Spirit and hearing the voice of God over your life. It starts with learning what he already said so you know what he will say in the future. But notice the word that Jesus used here. He said, we don't live by bread alone, but we live by the rhema word. We live by the spoken word. Come on, say, I need a word. I'm about to get all Stephen Furtick on y'all. Y'all don't even know. I might even slip on over into T.D. Jakes this morning. Come on, say, I need a word. This, he, he, he taught, you need a rhema word. And he was, he was so bold to say, um, by the way, you need to live by this word. I think it's very fascinating that Jesus decided to compare living by the rhema word, the spoken word of God, he compared it to bread. He compared it to physical food. In other words, what I believe is what he was trying to say, what he was alluding to is the fact that our spirit needs nourishment. In order to be nourished, in order to be strong in the Lord, in order to have fuel, in order to have the, the, the energy to go about the things of God and live for God, you know what you need? You need a rhema word. You need a spoken word. You need a Holy Spirit-inspired nudging from him. So I ask you today, do you have a word over your life right now? Is he giving you direction? Because hear me today, inside that word is life. Inside that word is life. Inside that word is, is the way to live. There's, there's, a, there's a freshness about it. Sometimes there's a little bit of pain in it. When the Lord's doing what I talked about two weeks ago, when he's, he's got his pruning shears out, and he's pruning you, everyone say, yay. <laughs> we love that season. But I'd rather know that he was pruning me than not know what I'm doing at all. Come on, say, I need a word. This word, it becomes, it becomes life to us. Now, what I'm not saying is that we don't need the written word. Because what we find in this scripture, what we, or what we find in this story, is that Jesus used both. He used the rhema word, the spoken word, and then he used the logos word, the written word. Every time the, the enemy came and, he, and battled his thoughts and tempted him, what did he say? He said, scripture says, logos says, the word says. Oh, but I would argue, see, I'm arguing with you again. Here we go again. Here in Matthew chapter four, the very first thing, he was led by the spirit and he had a rhema word. See, it was the Holy Spirit who led him into the wilderness. But you might miss this part. You know what else I believe? You know what else I believe the Holy Spirit gave him? You know what other word he gave him? I believe he, he led Jesus to fast. Some, there's some Holy Spirit utterance right there. He led, him, he led him into the wilderness and he led him to fast. And the very first temptation that comes is Jesus eat something. Fulfill the flesh. 
Fulfill the, that part of your being. Tempted with this. How was Jesus able to withstand the temptation to not turn stones into bread because we all know he could have? Now, just to put this in, in, in real practical form, imagine you, have, imagine you have the ability to turn stuff into food. Can you imagine? I can imagine how much chips and salsa I would have. Can you? Imagine, like, not joking around, not a, not a metaphor. You have the ability to turn a stone into bread after you've been fasting for 40 days. How was Jesus able to withstand the temptation? I propose to you today that he was able to withstand the temptation because he had a word. He had a word. What was the word? Be led into the wilderness and I need you to fast for 40 days and 40 nights. You have to learn this about getting a word from the Holy Spirit and having a word over your life. Is, 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 is when you have a word, the enemy, the enemy will try and come against the word, but when you have a word, the power to actually accomplish the word was in the word when it was given. The Holy Spirit, he is power. Right? Jesus told his disciples, hey, wait, this is Acts chapter 1. Stay in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit's poured out, because when the Holy Spirit's poured out, you'll receive power. The Holy Spirit is our power. He is the anointing. He is the, 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 the very person that comes on the inside of us and, and, and leads us and guides us, but actually helps us and empowers us to do the thing God has called us to do. And the reason I tell you that today, because if, if the Holy Spirit is power, it means that his words are power. I don't know if you've ever realized this or not, but when he gives you a word, contained with inside that word is the power to actually accomplish it if you'll attach your faith to it. Now, that's way better than your amen and shouting me down, but I'm just telling you. The power to do what he's called you to do is in the word, which means this, whenever the enemy attacks you and comes against the word, the power in that word enables you to, to, to withstand the temptation. See, we have no power, hear me today, we have no power to withstand turning that stone into bread if the Holy Spirit never gave us the word to begin with. You've experienced this before. There's something that happens when you know he's told you to do something. When he gives you a word and you know it's him and you get fully convinced on the inside, he said that, what happens? There's a, there is a stronger conviction that comes when anything tries to come against that word. When the enemy comes and attacks you in the way he's always attacked you, but now you have a Holy Spirit, divine rhema word from God. It's like you have this extra power. Why? Because there was power in the word. The word that was given contained the power to actually accomplish what he's called you to accomplish. Jesus got the word. I'm not going to change those stones into bread. 
the Holy Spirit told me to do something and I'm going to do it. This is why it's so important that you get a word, that you get a word from the Holy Spirit over your life. Because hear me today, I've learned this enough about my Christian walk. You will not always be motivated to follow God. You will not always be motivated and have the goosebumps and have the fire from youth camp coming back with you to help you not sin. You'll not always have that fire to go out and, and preach the gospel and talk to that person and lay your hands and all the things. You know what, why? Because following God, sometimes it beats you down. Not him, but the, 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 the enemy comes. He, he loves to attack people who are actually doing something. He loves to come against people who are actually furthering and advancing the kingdom. So what do you need? You need a rhema word. Well, I don't, I don't feel like getting up today and, and reading my Bible. Well, hold on a second. What did he say? Did he say that he's just took, taking you into a season where he needs you to get up intentionally and, and, and accurately and precisely going to him with purpose and actually pursuing him? Yeah, yeah, he did. That's the, the powers in the word. You have a grace to do it then. He leads you to take a fast. You, now, you know he's, he's talking to you. Oh, man, he's telling me to fast. Guess what? I would, I would jump on the opportunity to fast in that moment because the power to actually do it was in the word when he gave it to you. I've, I've, I've learned this, and I want to be careful here, but this is why it's dangerous as believers for us to read all the self-help books and to listen to every single pastor that's out there and to every podcast that comes out because you listen to so-and-so over in Seattle, guess what? God maybe have him in a different season in his church in a different season. And then you may be listening to this person over in California or over on the East Coast and it may be a different season. And then all of a sudden you find yourself in between two seasons and your season becomes a tornado. Now, it's good, it's not bad. It's not bad, but it can be confusing. That's why it's important we don't just listen to something someone else says, yeah, man, I just, you know, this is, this is classic Christian living. Yeah, man, I've just been fasting, you know, for 10 days, it's been tough. Like, oh man, that's awesome. And then you hear, you hear about your buddy or you hear about that person who's been fasting and the next thing you know, the next day you're fasting. Well, he fasted, I'm gonna fast. She, she fasted, well, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna fast social media. I'm gonna do the same thing. Can you get some good out of that? Absolutely. But my question to you is, did you ask the Holy Spirit? Did you get a word? Did you get a rhema word? Because if you start something in your own power, you'll have to sustain it with your own willpower. But if he leads you to do it, and in that conversation, you feel the Holy Spirit come upon you and go, yeah, you need to do that too. Guess what happens? You now have the power and the grace to actually do it. The power to lay down the Twinkie was given then. <laughs> you receive that? <laughs> I'm not saying that we don't, and I'm not saying that we don't go to people and we don't follow those, those divine 
Holy Spirit led conversations like those are, I would, I would even tell you this, if you need a word and you don't seem to be getting one, go to someone and ask for, for a word. Find that prophetic voice in your life. Ask someone to pray for you. And say, I, I need a word because I don't live by bread alone. I live by every word, rhema word that comes from the mouth of God. And I don't seem to be hearing anything right now. Do you? So go to people, use people, use the body. But the point that I'm making is that are we leaning into the Holy Spirit and are we asking Him? Are we following Him? Because the most beautiful thing about Him is that when He actually leads you to do something, He equips you to do it. He gives you grace, the power, the favor to do it, amen? About two or three months ago, I've never, I've, I told our team back there for the first time, I've told my wife this, but <clears throat> I just felt like the, the Holy Spirit was leading me to do something. And it's not some deep thing, it's not very serious. You know what I felt like he told me to do? To stop wearing my hat backwards. And I was like, dang it. Why? Why did he tell me to stop wearing my hat backwards? I don't know. But I actually don't have to know why. Because I knew, I just, I just knew he was telling me to do it. Now this may sound like, oh, yeah, this is really, really hard. But hear me today, it contained within that word was the power to actually flip my hat around. You say, well, it's not hard to, to wear your hat forwards. I know it's not hard, but do you, do you know how many times the Holy Spirit gives us little bitty things to do and two weeks down the road, we convince ourselves he never said that. And when I'd catch myself naturally just having my hat backwards, because actually it's more comfortable for my head, not because I'm trying to be some cool guy. Although I look pretty cool with my hat backwards, just like everyone else, but I'm just saying. But when I would catch myself and the Holy Spirit would be like, your hat's backwards. And that thought would come in and go, did he really say that? Lord, come on. I'm not even going to see anybody today. My witness won't be, you know, it's my, I know you can witness better when your hat's around forward, I guess, is, is my point. But when it's backwards, you got to kind of step past the punk vibe. You know what I'm saying? But in that moment, when I tried to talk myself out of it, I was like, no, I'm fully convinced. You said flip it around. Is that a word over your life? Yes, it is. Because the Holy Spirit told me to do it. And I'm, I'm following his leading. I've got a word right now over my, over my life in the season that I find myself in right now. And, and the Lord's pruning me right now. I know he's pruning me right now. And I got a word last week that confirmed yeah, I don't know if you, here, here's one of the hardest things. When you're getting pruned, you, you wonder, is this God or is this the devil? And sometimes it's hard to figure out which one it is. And I got a word. I, I got, even got the word, even had a football analogy in it and everything. I'm like, yes, Lord. It was all about quarterbacks staying in the pocket. I'm like, I received this word. Come on, somebody. <clears throat> 
but I have a word. What's that word? That, that, that word gives me faith. That word gives me strength. That word gives me power to stay in the pruning. That word gives me the faith to go, hey, he hadn't done anything wrong. He's got you right where he wants you. Just stay. All right, Lord. Oh, I want to bail. I want to bail out. How am I going to bail out? Well, I'm going to find something that soothes the flesh, that makes me feel better. I'm going to run from the pruning. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to try and hide and, 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 and put some, some balm over the, the wound or over the, the hard thing. No, no, no. Don't run, Keith. Don't hide. Stay. Feel it. Feel the pruning. Feel your capacity increasing. Feel the leadership increasing. Feel it. How, how do you have the power to do that? A rhema word is how you have the power because the power is in the word. So I want to encourage you today. If you don't have a word, go get one. you don't have direction, you don't know what he's doing in your life, I encourage you, seek him for a word. Seek him for some direction. Many of us, you know what we do? We just pray, Lord, take us out of the wilderness. Instead of telling him to take you out, why don't, why don't, you, why don't you pray that he gives you a word? Why don't you pray that he gives you a rhema word, a spoken word? And stay, on the, stay on the logo, stay in the written word. See, let that build you up and all the things, but get a word. Why am I telling you to get a word? Because Jesus said, you don't live by bread alone. You live by the spoken word. You're a hearer. You're a hearer of the gospel. You're a hearer of, of, of your heavenly father. You're a son, you hear. You're a daughter, you hear. You're a daughter, you hear. We hear God. No, I don't, pastor. Yes, you do. No, you don't know my life. I don't, but you hear. No, I don't. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Quit arguing with me. You do. You're saying, I didn't even say nothing. I said, quit arguing with me. You hear. Come on, say, I hear. His voice. In a stranger's voice. Come on, keep saying with me. In a stranger's voice. I don't follow. You hear. There's not one person in here that doesn't have, a, that doesn't get a word over their life. Why? Because then Jesus would have to go against scripture. He would have to say, yeah, everyone else gets to live by a word except you. And he does not do that. He is speaking. He is talking. close with this one of the one of the things that you realize in this story about Jesus is I don't know if you've ever, ever seen this before he was not sent into the wilderness until he was filled with the Holy Spirit he did not start his earthly ministry until he was baptized and the Holy Spirit came upon him. Why is that? Because he, hear me, he, I'm, not, I'm not coming against his deity. 
But there was a process that the Lord, that the Heavenly Father had Jesus walk through. He was not ready for the wilderness until the Holy Spirit came upon him. The Holy Spirit was the one who came upon him. And when he came upon him, now Jesus had the power to go into the wilderness and withstand the temptation. Now, could Jesus have done that, God done that a different way? Absolutely. But I think what he, he was preaching this message. He was showing us by example, hey, the Holy Spirit's the one who gives you power. Wait until you receive him. Oh, get him. And then the wilderness becomes something different. Get the Holy Spirit, and then the power to overcome comes upon you. Get the Holy Spirit and the courageousness and the brave, braveness that you need to actually further the gospel. And it comes upon you in the Holy, when the Holy Spirit comes upon your life. You need a word? And they say, back up to you need the Holy Spirit. You want a word? Have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit? You say, no, I, I was baptized in water. There's, there's a second baptism called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I'm unashamed to talk about it because it is an empowerment that comes upon you that I personally believe every single person needs in order to live the Christian walk and to actually follow Jesus the way that he talks about. Jesus makes big statements. Greater things will you do than I did. What? It's better that I go so that the helper can come and live with you day by day, moment by moment. You say, Pastor, I actually want to hear God. I want to get a word, but there seems to be a block. There seems to be something missing. If you haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit, let me just say it, that's one of the things that's missing. It's one of the things that's missing. Your first step is to say yes to Holy Spirit. And what begins to get released in your life is power. Thanks again for listening today. If you'd like to join us in person for church, Renew Life meets every Sunday morning at the YWCA at 6501 University Avenue in Lubbock, Texas. For more information on our ministry, check out renewlifechurch.com or find us on social media. We hope to see you soon.